That ugly cat, is his name Hunter? Baby, let me ask you something. Is you down the road? Jones scores! Oh, here's Lennon, shot, scores! They're going to the goal. Lennon, they're in the middle of the shot, block and shot, scores! Matthew Kachuk, what a goal! Back to Matthews, in front! Oh, what a stop by Markstrom! How does that not go? And play continues. Monaghan back across, Bonciapane scores on the backhand! Hey guys, so today we're with Flames TV's Brendan Parker. And as you can see, he's at the Dome, currently watching the wrap-up of the Capitals morning skate. So um, how are you, Brendan? Doing well, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we, uh, we really appreciate you making the time to, to stop in and have a chat with us here. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's uh, good to catch up. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you about last night, obviously a, a big Flames win. Um, finally, steal one against the Oilers in the Battle of Alberta this year. Um, what, did, what did you like from the team last night? What did, what did you see? Uh, a couple of things, I think. Um, you know, going back to the game against Colorado, when you look at, you know, the, the number one team in the NHL and the type of significance in that matchup, um, you know, a lot of times it can be hard to kind of come back couple of nights later and play another one obviously you know it's a division rival it's Edmonton so you kind of you know feel good about the intensity and emotion being able to be there again and it was I thought for the most part but I, I just like the consistency of this group right now it's from from one night to the next you generally know what you're going to get outside of the odd game here and there maybe you could file Montreal under that category but you know it's the fact that every single night it seems to be a pretty consistent effort uh, and when they're playing well, they're a difficult team to handle. And I think the Oilers got a good sense of that last night. I mean, I think McDavid was quiet. Dreisaitl was quiet. You know, they were able to kind of manage the stars on the other side and then yet kind of dictate the way the game was going. And, um, you know, Michael Backlund said it after the first period. It seemed like kind of a 50-50 game after the first. And it was right. going to be kind of a let's see who, ta who, who takes over. And, and the Flames did it. They, they took over. They used a power play goal and then kind of took over. And aside from a fortuitous bounce off an official, you know, you're <laughs> yeah. probably looking at a pretty clean slate, that hockey game. And, yeah, you got to like that. And, and just and as a little side note behind the scenes, I mean, 
you know, we didn't get in. I say we collective, we were on the flight, but just the fact that the players didn't get in from Colorado until about four in the morning on Sunday morning. So oh, you really? kind of think, you think about the time change and, you know, you play a pretty, pretty meaningful game against the first place team, you know, late yeah. travel. And then the fact that you still have to kind of go back at it again, you know, you know, just a little over 24 hours later, pretty impressive, all things considered. Definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about that consistency and that, that's something we haven't seen here in Calgary for a few years. You know, there's always been lots of ups and downs in the last couple of years yeah. here, really highs and really lows. Um, the consistency this year, though, you're right. Every night, night in, night out, they're, they're putting a good effort on the ice and they're playing yeah. the way that you should. Um, and you were talking about shutting down uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. I thought Noah Hannafin was great last night uh, in shutting down those guys. He had a few great defensive plays on McDavid himself. Um, yeah, we were really happy to see how the Flames handled the Oilers last night. Yeah, good active sticks kind of all in all areas, all, all zones. Everybody was kind of contributing that way. I think, you know, we saw a couple of times where Zadorov, you know, jumped, was aggressive at the blue line and, and cut off you know, zone time, basically just not letting the Oilers get set up, but their, their sticks were active all night. They just didn't allow Edmonton to set up really at all. And uh, it makes a big difference when you can kind of avoid spending any time in your defensive zone for sure. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. And uh, just alluding to that, like consistency and, you know, talking about Zadorov, what, what, what's your take on the re revelation that is the Zadorov and good Branson pairing? I mean, they've been absolute, I want to say unreal the last 10 or so games in terms of a sample size. And I mean, Eric Goodbranson has the has scored the most goals by a defenseman in the NHL since January 26th. And I thought that that was an absolutely ridiculous, like stat to think about. So what's, uh, what's your take on that? You know what? I, I think they've been awesome for this team. And, and, you know, the obvious is the fact that they add the size that, you know, they have good mobility um, you know, it's a pairing that, you know, at times I think we're, we're probably, you know, criticized in the early part of the year, but I think what they've done is they've spent a lot of time on it. I mean, I think if you look at the relationship, the communication that those two guys have, you know, this is something they work on all the time. And, and I give a lot of credit to, to both guys, but, you know, I love what Eric Branson has brought right from day number one, just in terms of that steady hand back there, um, the contributions to the penalty kill playing his offside that he's done you know, as a right shot D man, um, you know, the, the numbers speak for themselves in terms of the penalty kill. And then, you know, I was just looking at it yesterday. In fact, we had a conversation with Eric yesterday. He, he's, he's approaching, he's already got a career high in goals at five, but he's approaching a career high in shots on net. And, and it might seem insignificant, but you know, it's something that as he discussed yesterday, he, he spent a ton of time on over the off season, you know, working at, at just trying to find lanes, uh, walking the line, just just trying to be mobile on the back end to get shots through. And I think that's kind of what's allowed him to, you know, obviously find the back of the net a few times. But just, you know, they spend a lot of time in the offensive zone. It makes it easier to play play in the back end when you're yeah. when you're spending time on, on in the offensive zone. And I think they've done a really good job of that. Just clean exits out of their own zone, speed, you know, mobility, and just kind of, uh, you know, making life easier on yourself and, and your forwards when you're not spending so much time back there. They've done a really nice job for this group and we'll continue to. Awesome. Uh, based off your opinion, being around the team, um, is the vibe and the atmosphere different in that locker room? Do these guys kind of have a sense that they're building something special here? Yeah, I think to a certain extent they do for sure. I think you, you can kind of, you can kind of get an idea around the group when you're, 
obviously feeling good about your game. What's not to love right now in terms of this stretch of hockey. But I think, I think there's a, and I'm going to say quiet confidence because I think, you know, outwardly, if you listen to everybody talk, they're still under the mantra of like, we're not into the playoff spot until we have an X beside our name. Right. And, and that's fair. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a, it's a wait until it's until you see it kind of mentality. And, and that's, that's totally understandable, but it's, it's a quiet confidence knowing that when they are playing well, they know they can beat any team. And, and I don't know that you're going to hear them outwardly say, you know, they, you know, they believe that they're one of the best teams in the league or they should be that, I, that, that doesn't matter. It's about delivering when it when it's time. And I think yeah. they showed that against Colorado. They did that against Edmonton. I think they're just confident in what kind of game they can put on the table when it, when it comes time. And, and, you know, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out, but obviously uh, you're in a really good spot with, you know, around less than 30 games to go here. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we got a pretty compact schedule coming up here. We yeah. play five, seven days. Uh, how did you feel about the, the ice time spread that Daryl had last night against Edmonton? I thought he spread the ice time around really well, so seeing mm-hmm. how back to back. Yeah, agreed. And, and I think yeah, he kind of touched on that, and, and that probably alludes to the fact that we were talking about with the Colorado and the late travel. Like He probably sensed early on that there was some fatigue there, and I, and I don't know that you're out of the woods with that yet, playing back-to-back games here with Washington in town tonight. Um, right. You know, you, you have the opportunity to work some new guys in. I mean, Rizicka comes in the lineup. I thought that line was pretty good, even though he had limited minutes. You know, I think he was in and around eight or nine minutes. Uh, a lot of that is just due to the fact that all the penalties in the second period, he couldn't get out uh, out there five on five as much as they would have wanted to in that middle frame, and even parts of the first period for that matter. But, um, you know, that's what this team has to be about. I mean, you know, Brett Ritchie, uh, Brad Richardson in the press box last night, but you're going to need them. It, I mean, the schedule, it's just, it's too compact. I mean, five and seven right now, three and four with travel. Um, you're going to need bodies around. And I think, you know, that's the one thing that this team has to have and, and have on any given night is, is the ability to, to roll those four lines, get them in in around 10 minutes each and, and try to balance it out because the top guys can't play. You know, I think Lindholm was around 21 minutes. You let all skaters against Colorado. You just can't do that every single yeah. night, right? Definitely. I want to ask you about what your take is on the likes of Sean Monahan and Dylan Dubé and what your two bits are in terms of, I guess, how they've, you know, sort of struggled this year to kind of, I guess, reach, you know, a certain standard that, you know, we've expected out of them, I guess, more than likely Monahan, more so. Uh, Dubé was a healthy scratch recently and all this sort of thing. But since he's back, been, you know, back in, I thought he's looked pretty good in terms of yeah. his ability. Uh, I just, I'm just wondering what your take is on both of those guys. You know, you know, I think it, it kind of two different um, examples really just in terms of where they're at in their career. I think, you know, Dylan's a little obviously earlier on and mm-hmm. Sean's got more of the track record that kind of goes with it. And, and I think, you know, when it comes to Sean, everybody kind of wants to compare, you know, numbers wise and here's where the numbers were and should be or, or well, that's what you'd want it to be. And I, I think, you know, the thing about Sean is that he, he's a guy that shows up, works every single day, and you'll never hear a complaint or see it in the body language, you know, no matter what position he's playing. You know, in this case, you know, maybe he's kind of come down the lineup in terms of minutes, um, you know, based on what we've seen in the past. But they're effective minutes. They're, he's doing what he's asked to do, and you're winning face-offs. 
you know, you're now on the second power play unit before he spent a lot of time on the first power play unit, which has had some great success throughout the course of the year. So to me, I know everyone wants to look at salary all the time and it has to be based on that. When you have a good team, I don't know that that matters. I I think when you're winning hockey games and and you're contributing, um, and I think you can see that as him as a perfect example, it doesn't matter. Just, just show up, do what you're asked to do, contribute when, and when your number's called, make sure that you're ready to go. And, and he's a prime example of that, you know, just a prototypical team player, a guy that works his bag off all the time. And, and, uh, and that's what it's all about. And then with Dylan, you know, I think he's still a guy that's trying to find it a little bit, right. I mean, younger guy and, um, and, and a heck of a hockey player, Uh, but it's the same thing. The roles aren't always going to be the same and you're going to rotate through and on nights when, you know, you're going, with this coach you're going to have the opportunity and and we'll see that and he's got you know great speed uh a lethal shot and and sometimes it's just about finding it you know on a consistent level and maybe that hasn't quite been there to to daryl's liking quite yet but um he's going to get opportunities just like everybody else because what we talked about there's there's going to be minutes to go around here down the course of the season he'll get an opportunity and the one thing about that guy is you know we've seen that when when the lights are the brightest you know, he, he comes to play. So if, if that's a guy that comes in the playoff time and delivers like he did a couple of years ago in the bubble, you know, <clears> is there any better addition to your lineup? Um, you know, I, I, it comes in fits and spurts. It's hard to play an 82 game season. He's been there 82. He'll work it. He'll work every single night. And, and sometimes the puck will go in more consistently than others. And, and I think we'll see that. And going back to Monaghan there, uh, with the trade deadline approaching, uh, I've seen a lot of talk and a lot of things fans saying that they should move out Monaghan's contract if they can to create cap space for obviously re-signing our three big free agents um, in the offseason here. But uh, I like to think that Monaghan has a, has a calming presence over the locker room and he's been around here for so long that he, it might mess up that team chemistry if you move him out. You know, he, he has a presence in that locker room and he definitely has a voice over some of the guys here, I believe. For sure. Absolutely. Really well liked guy. He's been around a long time, part of the leadership group without a doubt. Um, and that can't be underestimated whatsoever for sure. And, and the other thing is, is that, you know, you can talk about it and you can, you can look at those options all you want, but it's, you know, sometimes it doesn't materialize and that's just the way it is. And at the end of the day, he's a member of this team. He's got term left and, um, and that's not something you need to worry about right now. You know, you can look at making your team better, which they did with the addition of Tyler Toffoli and didn't have to subtract anything. And, if that's where it stands, that's where it stands. I mean, we've, we've seen what, what he's added to the lineup already through 10 games. So yep. that's, you know, if that's where it stands, that's a, that's a pretty good spot. Talking about the trade deadline, um, I wanted to ask you, do you think the Flames are going to add any other pieces? And if so, what are they going to be looking for? Yeah, I, I think it's possible, certainly possible. I mean, a lot of times when we get to this point, we've seen Brad do it in, in the years past about adding, you know, I think you, the, the saying, old saying goes, you can never have enough ready defensemen to go, right? And, yeah. you know, Michael, Michael Stone's been here putting in the work every single day, but as a right shot, that right side of the, of the lineup on the back end has been pretty stable throughout the course of the year. So he hasn't had, you know, too many opportunities to go in, but you've had, you know, Tana, Good Branson and Rasmus Anderson basically every single game. So, um, you know, there's one extra guy, but I could see, you know, adding another, you know, depth defenseman because of the schedule down the stretch and then eventually and hopefully and optimistically into the playoffs and, and you know, getting on a bit of a run, you're going to need some bodies. So, um, you know, I could see that being that type of addition, somebody in there. Uh, yep. As far as anything else, I mean, I, I, I guarantee there'll be conversations and they'll be they'll, they'll look at, at doing something. But, um, you know, up front, I think you really did give yourself a pretty big boost and you did it early with Tyler and 
uh, back back end maybe that's just you know it, you can never have too much depth back there for sure yeah no we love that to fully addition we thought that was uh that's yeah. brad yeah heading into the off season do you envision a world where Goudreau, Kachuk, Banjapani, and Shillington are all back here next season? Yeah, I can. I can envision it. Um, how uh, realistic it is? I, I mean, I think I think there's a pretty good chance you can do it. I think you have to make some tough decisions, kind of any any which way. Um, yeah. You know, obviously the way that the rest, it's so hard to look, you know, past the season to this point because with the benefit of time. That's, that's, you got to take advantage of it. And in this league, nothing is guaranteed. So if you've got a team that's winning hockey games right now, I understand that that is the utmost uh, priority and then should be. So where it goes from there, we'll see. But, you know, winning does solve a lot of things. It allows you to kind of maybe get a little bit more flexibility in there. Um, so, I, yeah, I can envision it. I think I think realistically that all all four of those guys want to be here. Obviously, you have some team control over a couple of them. Um, yep. So, you know, we'll see. I, I think, yeah, you're going to have to at some point, like every other team in the NHL has had to do it one time or another, is make some tough decisions because, you know, that's the world we live in with the cap. And you're going to have to to maybe do some kind of creative numbering and uh, figuring out. But, yeah, I can see it. I can see it happening because as a priority, you know, you, you probably want to put those guys up there. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. But um, I, I can definitely envision it for sure. Awesome. Uh, just being around the team uh, and, and being able to talk and be around the guys, who, who are your favorite players to chat with? Who has the, who has the best personality? You know what? This is, uh, this is a really good group. And I'm not just saying that because it's happening right now. Um, you know, obviously last year was a little bit different because we weren't really around the team, the COVID kind of rules. Right. And, um, you know, this, this year is kind of back to a little bit closer to normal. But um, honestly, everybody on this team is really good. I, I've really loved having the addition of Erica Branson. If we could just subtly plug the Firestarter podcast on the side. Uh, right. Had a really good conversation with him just about things that aren't necessarily hockey related, family and, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, so he's been one of the guys that just jumps out to the back of my head right now, just because he's a newer addition, but the, but the core group of this team has always been great to work with. And, uh, you know, Johnny, uh, have had some good chats with him over the years. And then, uh, you know, even a guy like Michael Backlund, who's playing his 800th game here tonight, um, right. you know, spent some time with him off the ice here recently to an interview you'll see here coming up pretty soon. Uh, it is a really good group, all well-rounded, all really good speakers. Milan Lucci, same thing. Um, I'll throw like a category. It's, you know, probably like good Branson in terms of the new guys, just cause he's been so great to chat with really insightful. And then, uh, you know, maybe a combination of like Bax and, and Johnny and as far as the old core. Awesome. No, that's a great answer. Yeah. Jacob Markstrom, uh, yeah. last year he, he struggled quite a bit here in Calgary. I know a lot of flames fans were, uh, nervous. I would say about the contract that he signed the six by six, but this year he's, uh, He's got Vesna level numbers. Um, if it wasn't for Shesterkin down in New York, having a season that we haven't seen since Hashik pretty much. Um, like how, how big is this guy for this team? Just as a backstop back there for everybody. Yeah, I think, I think he's, he's been rock solid. Um, it's probably a lot of it is just the confidence and consistent. We talked about with the group, it's the same thing with him. Like you, when he's in the net, you just sort of expect to get the same thing, which is, you know, stop box. It's like he's yeah. 
he's pretty automatic when he's in there. And I can't speak to it, you know, from experience, but you can hear it from when they talk about, um, you know, that's a big deal for a group and playing in front of them, right. Is that you just sort of know that that position is taken care of like that end of the ice. We don't have to worry about that. Let's take care of what we do. Let's make it as easy as we can on them. Uh, but, but every single day and like the, and the workload has been impressive, right? I mean, it, part of the focus and the daily routine of, of that makes him so good when he's in the net is also what's made, you know, him be able to kind of reset, reload, and then go right back in. I mean, n- not every guy, he started in back-to-back games here on home ice. He started, you know, I think it was like 20 of 21 this last stretch here before Vladar started in Colorado, right? Like that's impressive. Those are impressive numbers. And, you know, I don't think you can say that there was a bad start in the bunch, maybe a the odd goal or two in there that he'd like to have back or he'd tell you that, but, but not a bad start like that, that that's a remarkable run. And, um, and it just continues to be that consistent. He's rock and, solid. Yeah, definitely. Daryl um, and Daryl spoke about his workload and uh, a lot of fans say that Markstrom needs more rest and that like, you know, we don't want him to get injured heading into yeah. the playoff push here. Um, but Daryl said himself that a lot of nights Markstrom isn't getting that much work back there. The flames have put together some really solid games in front of them where mm-hmm. he really doesn't do too much most saves that he's making are are pretty simple saves the I think that's helped him out so much this year is having that a guy like Tanev and Zadorov and Gabranson in front of him that can just shut things down and give him some off nights which I think has yeah. really uh come to fruition here in Calgary yeah it's not the same type of workload that he saw in Vancouver on number nights right like if you're yeah. changing the number from 40 plus shots to somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 maybe the odd time in 30. Like, I, I don't know the number off the top of my head. And I had looked at it somewhat recently, but there aren't a lot of games where the, where the Calgary Flames have been outshot. And, and then if you add another layer to that, there, aren't, there are substantially less where they've been outshot by a wide margin, right? So if you go back to like, I think in that win streak, they got outshot. I think the shots were <clears throat> probably over 45, maybe the 48 neighborhood against the Leafs still won the game, right? So, but how often have you had shots against that are in that neighborhood? It hasn't been a lot, right? It it makes a substantial difference. And I think that that's something you can't disregard for sure is the workload night to night. You can't just look at it in totality of starts and games played. It's what do those starts look like? And if you can have a few of those sort of uh, 19 save, 20 save shot nights, I mean, that, that certainly changes things from a guy who's spending you know, 50 minutes scrambling around in this crease, yeah. uh, get, getting caved in, right? That just doesn't happen with this team, or at least doesn't happen very often. So, yeah, I agree. Workload isn't just necessarily games played, starts. So what do those games look like, too? Definitely, for sure. And um, I guess, like, you alluded to, like, Eric Branson as being in the category of, like, the new guys. In terms of working yeah. with that category, what are your thoughts on Blake Coleman and his – off ice impact like in the room because every time this guy comes out and does press it mm-hmm. like yesterday when he answered the question about you know the only goal here is to bring a cup to calgary that literally gave me chills yeah <laughs> like it was genuine i was like this is awesome like i love pickles like we're gonna keep calling him that until the end of time but what are what are um what are your thoughts on blake yeah, it's a good point because I kind of left him out of there and I, I feel bad now. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of every – I don't have the roster. So uh, he's been outstanding too. I, I don't know – like 
I think that the one thing about this team, and I remember it was a big storyline coming into the year about like who's going to take over the captaincy, right? Like leadership and, and you, you need to have a C. How often has that conversation come up since the start of the year? Like not at all, right? doesn't come up. And, and the reason for that, in my opinion, is the fact that you've got so many guys in that room who can fill that category, little parts of it, right? You, got, you know, Bax has been around a long time. 14 years, you know, he's going to take a little portion of that. You know, Monahan's going to handle whatever he's going to handle. You got Luch in there who will speak up. And when he speaks, you're going to listen, even though he's not wearing the letter, right? You got, you know, Blake Coleman, who's going to, who's good. He's, he's just a good guy. He's just, he fits right into the room. You know, you've heard Daryl talk about that a lot, a lot is characters, right? You want good characters, good people. And when you combine all of those good people, good characters, good workers, then you get a group that's working like this one. It's not about, about like who's going to be the one leader, who's going to be the one guy that's going to carry it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't because you have everybody. It's in totality, right? So, um, collective effort, and I think that's been one thing that's impressive. And I and I love Tano. I'll throw another guy in there. Tano, same thing. Quiet, does it differently. But man, does anyone like work harder and 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 you know take as much like just soaking yep. shots? Like it's, he leads it its own. It, they all lead in their own way. So uh, you know I love the group in that that context and. Uh, and Blake obviously has that experience, recent recent experience too. So when you hear him say the word cop, yeah, it does. It does kind of resonates because he just done. He's done it twice in a row. So if if anybody yeah. can speak on it, it's him. Definitely. Um, well, I think I touched on everything I wanted to, Raja. Uh, do you have any last questions for him? Um, we got to find that last one in the notepad there. I know, right? <laughs> a little bit. Um, do you have like just a I guess like a fun story that you can share just given the job that you uh, <laughs> I mean probably I have some for sure now off the top of my head you put me on the spot I don't know um you know I, I don't know I mean there's yeah like there's there's probably like a few different ones I, I just think it it's just it's a fun I mean it's not really work you know don't tell anybody but um <laughs> it's not really, you know, like a job necessarily. So we get to kind of talk hockey and hang around. And, you know, I think you probably take it for granted a little bit here and there, you know, just being around the rink all the time. Like it, it, it does, you, it's a lot of time spent at the, at the office, so to speak. But um, <laughs> if you, if you, if you can widen the lens and look back on it, you're like, really, what are you doing? Like, you're not really working anyway. So pipe down, but um <laughs> It's just, I mean, I think it's, it's just a fun job, right? So just getting a chance to hang out with, and, and when it, and when they're winning and everything is, you know, good and being able to, you know, be around a group who's obviously playing as well. It's just been fun hockey to watch. Like every night you come to the rink and it's, you, you leave going like, this is a good, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here, but this is a good hockey team. So enjoy sure. it. Enjoy it boys. Yeah, no, thank you so much for your time, Brendan. We really appreciate yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. You guys take care. Well, uh, are you anybody coming to the game tonight? No, uh, I wouldn't. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Well, well there's maybe... enough of them. Uh, there's enough of them in March. Right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank All right, you guys. So okay, right. take care. All right. So that was Brendan Parker from Flames TV. I love how he just recorded when he was like at the dome, like watching <laughs> the Capitals morning skate. Just like, what a flex. Place. What a flex. Yeah, just chilling. No, that was really good. He, he had some good insight. And it was – because, like, Ryan, I guess, himself, wasn't – he hasn't been around the team too much this year. But Brendan has been traveling and flying with the team. So, it was nice to hear some inside insight from him. Mm.
That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you like this video, there's more of this to come. So consider liking, subscribing, telling your friends if they're Flames fans. If they're not, we won't judge as long as you subscribe. Anyway. We'll just convert them. Exactly. It's beautiful. It's a win-win all around. We'll take you on the Flames bandwagon right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Join the wagon because we are one for those we of you. Are. For those of you who are like, you know, still skeptical, and I don't know why you would be, but here we go. So, yeah, without further ado, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks, everybody.